Merry Christmas, homemakers. Welcome to episode one of Holiday Homemaking 2023. I'm your host, Allison Weeks. I am a wife, a mom to four grown kids, granny to one little boy, and I have been practicing the art of holiday homemaking for over 31 years. I am so excited to kick off this year's holiday homemaking today. There's so much great content coming your way over the next four weeks. You will be hearing from 23 homemakers about their Christmas traditions, recipes, gift ideas, holiday favorites, and so much more. You might want to listen with a pen and paper in hand for all of the great ideas that they will be sharing. As always, I will share some fun Christmas poems and some tips and ideas I've learned over the years about Christmas decorating. If you've listened to past holiday episodes, you know that I am a Christmas crazy lady. And while I don't consider myself an expert designer, I do put up seven trees every year. So I've learned what works well and what doesn't. And I'd love to share some of those thoughts and ideas with you all in the hopes of saving you from some decorating headaches. I always like to include something related to Advent in these episodes. So each week, I will be sharing something from my own homemaking journey related to that week's Advent theme, beginning this week with the theme of hope. If you would like more Advent content, be sure to get a copy of the Art of Homes Daily Advent Guide. It's a simple daily devotional to help you focus on the themes of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love. Each daily devotion includes a truth about the weekly theme, scripture to support that truth, and a suggested song to listen to or sing along with. The guide has instructions at the beginning to help you make the most of this resource. Click the link in this episode's description box or go to theartofhomepodcast.com slash Christmas to get your free copy. And finally, please make sure that you are on our mailing list for our weekly newsletter, Homemaker Happy Mail. I will be sending out special holiday editions throughout the month of December. Each edition will feature the Christmas recipes from that week's featured guests, as well as some special guest writing from homemakers on how the themes of Advent are fleshed out in our everyday homemaking. I'm so thrilled to share all of these wonderful resources with you. So please get on our mailing list today at theartofhomepodcast.com slash subscribe, or click the link in the description box. In today's episode, you will hear from Debbie Ledoux, Hannah Torres, Terry Estep, Kay Abbey, Jenny White, and Kristen Howard, all from different ages and stages of homemaking. I have a funny little poem from Marjorie K. Rawlings about the early Christmas shopper. I share about how decorating the tree reminds me of Jesus bringing hope and light in the darkness of depression. And I'm giving some basic tips to help you start decorating on the right foot. It is a very full episode, and I know you will get some ideas and some inspiration. Just remember, take what you'll use and leave the rest. You don't have to do it all. Whatever you are applying your hands to as you listen today, I know you will enjoy these holiday stories of home. Okay, I'm back with my friend Debbie Ledoux, and we're going to talk about Christmas. Awesome. Okay, Debbie, tell me, what does a typical Christmas day look like at your house? We wake up... um, Nowadays, the kids don't wake up at the crack of dawn. Right, because they're teenagers. <laughs> right, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> um, but it's typically a 9 a.m. agreed time that we meet downstairs. Um, for Christmas Eve, I should go back to that, though, we often will have pasoli, mm. uh, which has been 
a family favorite, something I tried a few years ago from a Bible study group, having tried it and exposed me to it and thought, that's really festive. I like that. So that has been the meal for Thanksgiving, for our Thanksgiving, for Christmas Eve. Um, And then um, we go to church typically and spend just uh, the evening as a family. We don't have extended family anymore. My parents passed in 2019 and 2020. Mm -hmm. And so, and then my husband's father died in 2012 and his mother is in California and unable to travel. So it really is just our immediate fam. And uh, that will be changing. We have a wedding coming up next summer. (gasps) Oh, congratulations. Yes, thank you. So Christmas is going to look a little different and Mm -hmm. we'll start having spouses, which I'm looking forward to as well. But uh, our normal routine on Christmas morning, though, going back to that, is just getting up, spending some time getting coffee, doing some type of pastry typically, and then hanging um, at the tree, opening gifts for a while, and then starting to get ready for uh, a turkey dinner. We stick with turkey for Christmas, even though we had it at Thanksgiving. <laughs> My husband can't get enough turkey left over. So that's so funny. That's that's the thing about living in the United States is we do turkey and then we do turkey again. That's right. Four weeks later. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then we don't do turkey for the for entire the rest year. of the year. Yeah. That's it. We've had enough. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, okay. So that's what you're eating. And that's what you're doing on Christmas. Are there any other particular... Now, I know cooking is really not your thing. We just <laughs> we just discussed that in your interview. But I'm learning. I'm getting better. Okay. I am learning. Is there like a special family recipe or sort of something that you, you've always made and you kind of have to make it every year, like a the, cookie or something? Right. We do have... Um, a stuffing, a cornbread stuffing that my mom did make. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a butternut squash recipe from Pete's side of the family. Mm. Um, and then what I like to do um, and have been doing over the past probably five years or so is baking some type of pie. And we're still playing with that to figure out if there's anything that is so good that we have to have to do it every year. Right. It needs to be special for that. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. So we've been, you know, just playing around. Um, apple has been the favorite so far, this one particular apple pie recipe. But is it a double crust apple pie? Like this, or does it, it crumble? Has, it has a little caramel and then it's got that little crisscross. The, the little lattice, lattice on top. Yes, okay. the lattice mm. on top. So Yummy. Sounds mm-hmm. delicious. Well, what about family traditions during the holiday season? Yes, I am big on traditions and have been since childhood, maybe because, you know, I grew up in a little bit of a more chaotic home. Mm -hmm. So um, I love doing, we do Christmas cards and we get a picture of the whole family, even as, you know, Pete and I are aging, we still let people see how it's going. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that is just part of our way of reaching out to people. I think you do feel a little more connected when there's a face to oh, yeah. to match, right? With the, the idea of that person that you don't get to see much anymore. And then um, we send out uh, a poem. And uh, yeah, it's just a little rhyming poem that brings you up to date with what's going on with the family. Oh, fun. So who so, uh, writes this poem? Well, back in the day, before all the kids, um, or before too many of them, Pete would do some of the writing. Lately, it's been all me just because he's crazy busy. But yeah. um, we'll see as the years unfold. We both enjoy 
the rhyme and the, I don't know, the beat of the poem, you know, the rhythm of it, I guess I would say, and uh, have a little fun with it and try and throw a little humor in sometimes, keep it light, but Uh at the same time, something sweet as well. So it's just always a fun little tradition that we do to reach out to um, friends. And then um, the other thing we do is an ornament exchange. Um, I buy an ornament for everybody in the family that is representative of something they've been doing that year. Mm-hmm. So, and I try and get a little more creative than just the soccer ball for being on the soccer team. Right. You know, some type, of, even if it's goofy, like a certain type of food that they're so into. Oh, that's You know, boba fun. tea or, you know, something like that. That's or, so fun. Yeah. So that's, I, that's a way, it's a creative outlet for me. Yeah. And um, again, you know, being about relationship, I, I love to find that special thing that'll make everybody really go, oh my gosh, that's so Hannah. That's so Ellie. That's so Sarah. Yeah. So Sam. Oh, those are some great traditions. Good ideas. Thanks. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about keeping your focus on the right place during the holiday season, Mm. because it can certainly get away from us and we can get wrapped up in all the crazy. So just what are some things that you do to sort of keep your focus on Christ and where it needs to be? A lot of times I will start special reading during that season, right? Um, Kind of an Advent kind of deal. Um, sometimes I will try to go to a Christmas concert or more than one of those. Um, those are enjoyable. Um, I really do try to take a little bit of time to slow down in those hectic moments and be more reflective. I've appreciated our kids going to a classical and Christian school because there will be programs of all kinds, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially as they get older. There's not one program. There's the band program. Then there's the choir, then right. the art and, you know, on and on and on. And all of them go back to Christ. Oh, yeah. So it it just naturally puts in. Just some, keeps putting that in front of you. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. So that's been meaningful. Um, and then we read the Christmas story on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So that's so fun. That. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, anything else you want to share about Christmas? Oh, it made me think of back in the old days when the kids were really little. Uh-huh. Um, I got this from a friend, but she collected Christmas books, children's Christmas books, particularly. And well, she would do both. She had some that were just fun and about. Santa Claus. And then she had some that were more meaningful about the real reason reason of Christmas. And typically she would read one of each. And so I kind of borrowed that where we would read one of each, the 10 nights prior to Christmas or something like that. That's a great tradition too. So it was sort of like a countdown for them. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Really fun. Like a countdown. And again, you know, oh, let's focus for a minute on all the fun. We're so excited about all the presents, of course. (laughs) But then let's end our evening focused right before we go to sleep on the real meaning of Christmas. So that's a great idea. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for sharing all your memories about Christmas. Sure. Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. Merry Christmas to you too. Okay. I'm here with my friend, Hannah Torres, and we are going to talk about Christmas. And Hannah is a newbie homemaker, married just two years Yes. About to have her two-year anniversary. 
Um, and she lives with her husband. And we're going to hear about what it's been like for them for the last couple of years starting Christmas traditions. So, Hannah, tell me, what does a typical Christmas look like in the Torres household? Yes, it's been an interesting ride because our first year engaged, or the only Christmas we had engaged, we both got COVID. Um, from my dad on our annual (laughs) Christmas family date. Oh no. And then we went to his family's house at which point we found out that my dad had passed COVID onto us. This was in the early days. Um, but we weren't positive yet. So we got to quarantine together before we were married. So I locked myself because I had roommates that I couldn't then expose. Um, so I locked myself in an upstairs room and he stayed downstairs. So that was our first Christmas and we did a Zoom opening of gifts. It was really unique. <laughs> yes. So that was our first Christmas as an engaged couple. And since then we've alternated between houses. So his family is big on Christmas Eve and my family is bigger on Christmas day. So that's worked out nicely. And, um, yeah, his, his family, a lot of kids running around. I'm the oldest, so no grandkids for my parents just yet, but, um, his family stays up very late board games and a lot of fun. My family has a tradition of a Christmas date and we go to, uh, my brother came up with it years ago. We go to dollar tree and everybody gets an allowance and you draw a name and pick a funny or cool, gift for the person you drew, but we did increase for inflation, the amount everybody gets. And we upgraded to Trader Joe's (laughs) last year. (laughs) Oh, so that's so fun. Fun. Yes. So when, when do you do this Christmas date? Like, yes, you said Christmas day. This we usually do about, it's changed since my sister and I left home, but, uh, Recently, it's been closer to Christmas Day. In the past, it was like once we got off school for Christmas break. So okay. I'm excited to one day hopefully do the same with our kids. And it's just a lot yes. of fun. Um, that is. So you're all there at the same time? That has been the case so far. Now that my sister okay. is getting married this year, we'll see what happens. But hopefully we can keep it up in some form or another. It's That's so fun because then you have to like kind of be sneaky yes, and hide from one another. Do. Because, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Because you're all in the store at the same time buying right. for one another. Yes. Okay, that's really, that's really cute. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so what are, so it sounds like you're doing your family, you're doing celebrations with your respective families on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Right. So what are you guys, what are you guys eating? What's on the menu? At my in-law's house, good tamales, enchiladas, corn casserole, oh. um, my mother-in-law makes like a lemon cookie cake. That's really good, which doesn't sound like a Christmassy dessert, but it's amazing. Um, so we eat that. It's, yeah, it's just a good time. Um, and then my sister-in-law's husband is from El Salvador. So they make, um, it's called pupusas and they are delicious. So I really expanded my palate when I got married and then (laughs) Um, my mom on Christmas morning always makes cinnamon rolls and then we open gifts. So we haven't like really hosted our own Christmas or even been expected to like bring a side yet. I don't know that we're trusted with that at this point. (laughs) I'm sure they would let me, but I'm just not going to mess with it yet. (laughs) So that's That's been fun. So besides the, um, 
besides the, okay, well, first of all, before I go to this next question, do you guys have something either from your family or his family, um, a traditional like cookie recipe or some kind of special Christmas recipe that must be made at some point Mm. during the Christmas season? Yes. My mom always makes really delicious, uh, sugar cookies and like peppermint bark. Um, so I love those. I I have not perfected her recipe, even though I am following it to the T we'll see when I get there. (laughs) Okay. All right. So besides the tradition of going on the Christmas date where you secret Santa shop for each other, is there, are there any other Christmas traditions that you guys have, or maybe some that you and your husband are starting or want to start? Yeah. I feel like for my husband and I, the thing about traditions is I think when you try too hard to start them, they don't catch on. And then it's always the unintentional, like the Dollar Tree thing. We, we just did it because some place we tried to go was closed or something weird like that. And then it just caught on. So for us, it's been like the first, we tried to kind of institute like a standard Christmas date between us. And then it was COVID. And then this year it was raining. Like it was just, it's always been something. So we're waiting for that. But we always, I mean, we have a good time. We're, we're just hanging on for those traditions, which I know sometimes kids can help spark inspiration. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Was there any, um, one that you guys did when you were growing up that you would like to do with your own children if, whenever that happens? Definitely the, um, the Dollar Tree run. And then with my husband's family, and it's traditional in Mexico from what I've learned, that they wait until midnight on Christmas, which like 9.30 is a stretch for me. So midnight will be, is always interesting. <laughs> but on Christmas Eve, you stay up till midnight and then you hug each other and say Merry Christmas. So you walk around and hug every single person. It's very sweet. So I think we'll try to do that, but I'm sure with young kids, we'll probably tell them it's midnight and hug you go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I like that. So let's talk a little bit about keeping our focus where it needs to be during the holiday season because it can get crazy and hectic with all the things and schedules and visiting people and parties and all that. So what are some of the things that you do to help keep your focus on Christ and keep your, keep your heart centered there during this holiday season? Yeah. In the past couple of years, I've really gotten into like the church calendar and just following Advent, Lent, all of that good stuff. So I just like picking out a really pretty Advent book and going through it. And then Honestly, this is kind of my role throughout the year, but more than three social events a week is like where I kind of max out, um, like as mm-hmm. in social events at night after a day of work and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and then maybe sure. an extra one on the weekend, but, um, that includes like Christmas parties. So I'll pick, I mean, last year we were just bombarded, which is wonderful, but like we just picked our top Christmas parties and we didn't do more than that. So I think, you know, Christmas parties are great, but if we don't have that time with each other and just to reflect, it gets a little too hectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, so do you have, do you have like a particularly, um, like an Advent study that you've done that really stuck in your mind or some one that you really loved? Maybe the last one you did or a recent one. That's it's kind of bad. I don't remember the last one I did. Oh, <laughs> I did listen to um, Annie F. Downs. Uh, she has a podcast called That Sounds Fun. And actually yeah. not this past year, but the year before that. I really, I mean, I liked both, but I liked the advent that she did in 2020. 
2021, I guess it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I like following along with that kind of thing, but I do always just like the feel of like a new journal or a new book. Um, for whatever reason, I can't name which ones I did right now, but, um, you know, I mean, theoretically they all have the same, um, you know, they follow the same story. So, (laughs) or they should be. (laughs) Right. They should be. I think it's just the act of, making that purchase, getting a new book and following along that really helps me. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I love that too. And I like to try to do something daily because mm-hmm. to me, it's that I need that daily reminder in in the season that is so even, even with the boundaries that I put around it to keep some margin, it's still always going to be a very full month yeah. for our family just because we have a big family. And so, um, to me doing that daily intentional, let me think about and I, my, the way that I usually do it is based on the different themes of the week. So oh, yeah. know, the, the, the first week being, um, hope, hope yeah. and hope and then peace and joy and love. I can't remember the yeah. order, but anyway, and the, the order differs depending on your denomination mm-hmm. too sometimes, <clears throat> but I would focus every day on a different aspect of those things. And that just helps yeah. me to really keep my mind where it needs to be. Um, when I have a busy day ahead of me or whatever, and I, you know, I've got to wrap all these presents. Or <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the, yeah, I, I totally agree with you and I love myself a new blank. Yes, totally. Something yummy about that. For sure. <laughs> That's really good. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, about your Christmas memories and traditions. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Have a very Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. The early Christmas shopper. She boasts of her preparedness. No human tongue can stop her. Her Christmas gifts are boxed and tied. I loathe the early shopper. She knits wool mufflers in July. At linen sales, she lingers. And in November, there she sits with smug and idle fingers. Her wrapping papers bought by fall... Here it's obnoxious rustle. Her smile is unendurable when other women hustle. But as in shopping mobs I spend my silver and my copper, I'd give ten years of life to be an early Christmas shopper. Marjorie K. Rawlings, October 1926. Okay, I'm here with my friend Terry Eastep again, and we're going to talk about Christmas. So Terry, tell me, what does a typical Christmas day look like at your house? So a Christmas day that we have here at the house, which now that the kids are grown, um, we're not traveling as much. When the kids were growing up, we traveled at Christmas. Really? Um, Yeah, because we we really just traveled two weeks in the summer, and we lived in Maryland, so we would come all the way back to Oklahoma Mm -hmm. to see my parents and Scott's parents. They're both in Oklahoma. And so then we traveled at two weeks at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so um, those were really the only times we... We used all our vacation yeah. basically to come home see the see the grandparents for okay. our kids, and so in doing that, hopefully we've taught our children that when they're grown and married with their own kids, that they come to see us on Christmas. <laughs> so that's what we're hoping that we've taught them. Uh. So yeah, but now that they're grown, uh, we don't travel as much. We we more they come they to come. our house, yeah, um, which we love. So we um, open gifts in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, and I typically only get about three gifts. Okay. So, um, of course, they ask for 
expensive things now. Right. You know, and we're not, we're out of the Fisher price days. Yes. So, you know, everything's <laughs> expensive. Um, so it doesn't take very many gifts mm-hmm. to add up to more money. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's only, but you know, I, I, or, and, or we don't really, we don't do Santa Claus mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but they get three gifts from us, but then, you know, the kids give each other gifts sure, and they give us gifts. And so there's more than three to open. Right. And, um, yeah. Um, I, I think this past year we did a ham. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never made a turkey. Okay. So for Thanksgiving or Christmas or anything, <laughs> um, we may have had lasagna. We just have whatever the kids want. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I think usually a ham. And so, but, um, I make a, uh, sweet potato casserole with like candied pecans mm-hmm. on the top. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's Scott's one of Scott's favorite dishes and he really only gets it at Thanksgiving and then he gets it again at Christmas and then we don't have it for another year. Right. And so I always make that, you know, we just make green beans and mm-hmm. mashed potatoes and gravy and, you know, okay. typical just, stuff. Yeah. Typical stuff. Okay. Nothing, nothing fancy. Okay. So I, I have this homemade brownie recipe that I've made their whole life and they love those brownies. So every time they come home, they ask for those brownies. Mm-hmm. So I make the Mississippi brownies, they're called. Mm. And so Do they have like marshmallows in them? Mm. Or why are they, what makes them Mississippi brownies? I have no idea. <laughs> it's six ingredients. They're, I mean, they're made from flour, sugar, oil. Um, yeah. the, the secret ingredient is self-rising flour. Oh. So use self-rising flour, sugar, oil, four eggs, uh, cocoa powder mm-hmm. and vanilla. That's it. I have a really similar recipe. It's like a one bowl brownie recipe. I think I got it off of the, yeah, I did. I got it off of the baker's chocolate. Oh, bag. Ba- mm-hmm. um, chocolate chip bag. Bo- no, the bo- right. the baking, you know, the one that comes oh, in a bar. Yeah. Okay. And it was on the back of that box, but the four eggs, uh-huh. that is probably what distinguishes besides the self-rising flour, the four mm-hmm. eggs would make it a different kind of texture too, because that I, the one that I make only has one egg in it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Are they more of a fudgy brownie or like no, a they're more cakey, cakey. more cakey? Yeah, yeah, I would think so with four eggs that yeah. would do that. And if you overcook them, they get really dry. Mm. So okay, with my oven, I know forty-two minutes. It's perfect. <laughs> it's oddly specific. Forty-two <laughs> minutes. Yeah. That's good though uh, to know your oven. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good tip. Right. Okay. So. Um, are there any other family traditions that you do during the Christmas season? You know, our traditions have changed mm-hmm. now that they're out of the house. Um, like I think I already said, we used to get a tree the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend all together. You know, we went yes. as a family and picked out a tree and we don't do that anymore. And on that Sunday evening, after we got home with the tree and Scott got the tree set up and got the lights on it, the kids, um, every year the kids got another ornament. Right. So they each have a box of ornaments of their own, or either, either they made it or we bought it or whatever. And if we travel anywhere that year, they'll get it from another country sure. or something. And it, it might just look like a glass globe or something, yeah. but they know it came from, you know, Scotland or wherever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it might not say Scotland on it, <clears throat> but, um, anyway, so then they hang all their, their ornaments on the tree. Mm-hmm. And, but while they're doing that, Scott is in here making homemade hot chocolate mm. with milk and, nice. you know, cocoa powder and whatever. Yes. And then we sit 
in our sitting room that uh-huh. never gets used. <laughs> and it's the really, truly the one time we use it. And we just talk about what we want for Christmas or what we're thankful for. Or I mean, we just sit and Aww. share. Yeah. Um, we more did this when they were in college. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we don't really do it anymore at all. That's really sweet, so, though. I yeah. like that. That's a good tradition. Yeah. Cool. Good times. So... So, uh, what are some of the things that you do personally, or maybe you did when your kids were growing up and you had a busy household that you were running either or, or both to sort of keep your focus on the main thing during the hectic season? Right. When, when the kids were younger, well, just to even keep like the mania of shopping mm-hmm. out of it. I started shopping in January, like oh. when things go on sale. Wow. Well, because not, not necessarily for my kids, but you know, like we used to buy like 42 <clears throat> gifts mm-hmm. because Scott's family's so big and I'm one of four and yeah. you know, parents and all this. And so I started shopping at the beginning of the year and I kept a gift closet. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but now we don't buy as many gifts anymore as we used to. And, you know, I limit my kids to about three things. Mm-hmm. And so, but now I'm just, it's even to get like out of them. What do you want to mm-hmm. make them sit down and figure it out? Mm-hmm. And so, and like, send me the link exactly mm. what you want yeah, <laughs> because that's what you're getting. <laughs> that There's no surprise anymore. And I don't care. Yeah. Like you have to give up on surprises mm-hmm. when they're older because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to return everything. And uh, so, yeah, that's not fun either. Yeah. Um, but we, if we're in town, if we're not traveling, we do go to the um, Christmas Eve service. Mm-hmm. So we love that. And yeah, we just, I mean, we go to church all year long. So we're always talking about God. And, yeah. So it's not and, like a new thing yeah, to do at Christmas. Right. And it's not <laughs> like we have to just really pull out, you know, Christ in Christmas. Like mm-hmm. our kids already know that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to share about so, Christmas? Nope. Have you made so. Have you made any Christmas quilts? Because you're a quilter now. You know, we talked about this in your interview. Yeah. No. No Christmas quilts. I've thought about it. Okay. And I have plenty of fabric. <laughs> because you're a fabric hoarder, yes, like the rest of us. I've, I've I've gone yeah the wrong way with the fabric, but yeah, I have plenty <laughs> of Christmas fabric. Um, I have made I made a gnome uh, table runner um, for a friend. Oh, it's like Christmassy. Yeah. So that's. I have not um, made a Christmas quilt. Mm. So I, I have not kept a quilt that I've made. You give them away. Yeah, they're all gifts. So, and one of the things I've done to take the pressure off my, I, they're not a Christmas gift. Oh, okay. They're just they're, for whenever? Yeah, they're whenever they're done. Okay. And that takes the pressure off. I'm not, you know, stressing myself out in December trying yeah. to get four quilts done or anything like that. I'm just like, mm. nope. And so, yeah. Um, That's a good tip. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. maybe you'll have to so think start about, shopping early. <laughs> start shopping early. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you'll have to think about doing a Christmas quilt this year. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's funny because I've talked about Christmas quilts with my friend Robin, and of course she doesn't enjoy sewing. She does not understand why anybody would want to sew, and she loves to cook. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why you like to cook, but okay. Anyway, but she's like, why do you want to make a quilt that is so seasonal? You mm-hmm. know, that you use one month out of the year. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you use it all year long. Mm-hmm. It just stays in your 
you know, blanket pile over yeah. there and yeah. you need something to cover up in and you use it. So, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to make a Christmas quilt, but I haven't. All right. Well, let me know if you do. And I want to, <laughs> you can show it to me. Okay, okay. Well, thanks for sharing about Christmas and Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. I'm back with my friend, Kay Abby, and we're going to talk about Christmas, Kay. So what does a typical Christmas day look like in your household? Christmas at my household starts before Thanksgiving. I am one of those that (laughs) Christmas is not long enough. I absolutely love it. It makes me so happy. So all the decorations Mm -hmm. go up before Thanksgiving. I kind of run a contest with my sister-in-law on that. (laughs) So anyway, but uh, Christmas starts, I start baking because I love to bake. So Uh I do a lot of baking for everybody, you know, in the neighborhood, family. I ship stuff to kids and everything. Um, It actually starts Christmas Eve when I do a Mexican fiesta. Mm -hmm. And I have done that since my kids were little. And uh, used to, when I was a single parent, I would invite people from my office over that I knew were going to be by themselves, Mm -hmm. and they would come over and have Christmas Eve dinner with us. Mm -hmm. And so I think one year after my husband and I got married, uh, I was going to change it up, and my son said, what? You can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it is it will always be we do I do chicken enchiladas mm. we have rice and beans uh there's always a dessert queso guacamole mm. chips and salsa margaritas mm-hmm. you know all the good stuff we have a lot of fun now I will say this last year I kind of changed it up so I could prep it and have it all done so that when everybody came over I could really enjoy visiting with everyone oh, and yeah. not be just cooking things and so I'm 70, and I've been doing this probably, I don't know, 40 years. Wow. So it's just now taken me this long <laughs> to do this. <laughs> That's good. Cool. Well, what about um, Christmas Day, Christmas morning? Christmas morning um, is pretty simple. I've pre-baked, mm-hmm. usually cinnamon rolls or something like that, if we have uh, grandchildren here, then of course they get up and uh, they have their Christmas morning, and and that's pretty much it. It's pretty much a laid back yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. So you've done the fiesta on Christmas Eve. Do you do a big meal on Christmas Day no, as well? Do not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. One is enough. One is enough. That's exactly <laughs> right. There are left. If there are leftovers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. What is something? You said you like to bake, and we know about the Mexican food, but what's something that has to be made every year, whether it's a a cookie or some kind of special dish, not necessarily on Christmas, but during the Christmas season? Like, it has to make an appearance. Biscotti. Biscotti and fudge. Mm. Biscotti, fudge, cinnamon rolls. Okay. So not not just one, not just two, but three things. Three, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody gets to take some home. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yummy. Do you make a regular, like just plain biscotti, or do you put stuff in it? Oh, no. I make an almond biscotti. I make a cranberry pistachio biscotti. Mm. I make a cherry almond biscotti. 
yummy. So do I they, make a lot. Do they all have the same base and then you they do. change it up with different flavors? They do. Oh. Yes. And they're usually oil free. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Is there a secret? Like, how do you do that? Uh, well, I've, it's the same recipe that I've used for years. Um, it's it's more Italian, I think. Okay. With it being oil free, no they're a lot crisper. Oh. Now, I think there is one that may have butter in it. Okay. And can I'm not you, sure which one that is. Can you share your recipe? I can share the recipe. Oh, I would yes. love that because I love biscotti. I've made it a few times. Yeah. But. It's never as crunchy as what you get in the store. It's not. Oh, this is crunchy. Okay. Yeah, you will like it. Okay. I'll make you some. Aww. It'll be a good excuse. I've been wanting to make Thanks, some. Thanks, yes. That'd be awesome. Yes. Okay. So do you have any special holiday traditions, you and your, your husband or your maybe when your kids were growing up or anything you like to do every year? Look at lights, go caroling. I like lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my husband has, uh, he's teases me and tells me, you know, this, you know, I could light up the whole neighborhood. I could be Grunwalds. You know? <laughs> and that's why I even have lights on my trees still outside because I love lights. But no, I love lights and I love, uh, I have a collection of Santas. Aww. I have a collection of nutcrackers. Mm-hmm. I have a nativity scene. I used to have villages mm-hmm. that I just loved and there were just way too many, so I broke that up, gave them to all my kids, and then I've really started working more on my nativity scene. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite memories, my husband and I used to go to New York every year, mm-hmm. uh, right before Christmas for my birthday. And so one year we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and I will always remember the huge Christmas tree. I mean... I don't even know how tall it was, but around the base of the tree was their nativity scene. Mm. And I loved the way they had it set up to where everybody was looking towards the manger. Still trying to figure out how they did that. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough room to have a nativity nativity scene like that, but I love my nativity scene. And all my grandkids love it. You know, the ones that come and that see it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were disappointed I got rid of the houses, but then they got some of the houses too. So they can, they can set them up. Yeah. That's fun. Um, Okay. Well, what about busyness in this season? Uh, We know that it's typically pretty, a pretty full month, uh, especially if you're decorating a lot, and then we've got extra things at church and kids' programs and all that kind of stuff. So how do you sort of keep your focus where it needs to be? Well, we have 11 grandchildren, and so shopping starts early, and a lot of it is online. Mm-hmm. And now that they are older, they would prefer money. Yeah. So that's what they get. That makes it a lot simpler. Um To keep it focused, I know Christmas Eve, we always read um, a story from the Bible, Mm -hmm. and I think it's just important to stay focused on what the season is really all about. It's not, it is about giving, but it's, the important part is remembering the greatest gift that Mm -hmm. we've ever been given, and that is Christ Jesus, who may have been a baby at one time. But he died, 
and came back. He resurrect, you know, the resurrection. But he was the greatest gift. Yeah, nothing can outdo that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where I we we try to keep our focus on that and just remember that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Good. Well, thanks for sharing your Christmas memories and thoughts, oh, and I welcome. can't wait to try the biscotti. Oh, absolutely. And I'll have to do it almond flour. Yeah. I'll have to come up with a way to do that for you. Oh, I will do that for you. Thanks, Kay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. We will get back to these holiday stories of home in just a minute. Right now, it's time for some holiday decorating tips and inspiration. This is the part of the holiday podcast where I will be giving you some tips and tricks and ideas to spur you on towards holiday decorating with more joy and hopefully less frustration. Whether you have already started decorating or not, I hope you find something in this segment that will inspire you as you deck your home's halls. Today, I will be giving you my top seven general tips for Christmas decorating, planning, and prep. Number one, start early. Now, I am not here to dictate when anyone should start their decorating. However, I recommend that you measure the time and effort it will take you to decorate compared to how long you will get to enjoy it. If you're a pretty minimal decorator and it only takes you maybe an hour or two to put everything up, you could probably wait until the week before Christmas and still get plenty of enjoyment for the effort that you put in. But if like me, you go way over the top and it takes days or maybe even a week or two to decorate, you might want more than just two weeks to enjoy all that hard work. So that's why I get started in November, usually mid-month, and I start with neutral greens and white lights only. I put up the main Christmas tree with its lights and a few of the garlands with their white lights. That way, we are ready to start decorating right after Thanksgiving. Like for this year, we decorated the night of Thanksgiving because that's when it worked for our schedule. Also, a side note, your decorating for Christmas starts the year before when you put everything away. And I will talk extensively about that in a few weeks on the final episode of Holiday Homemaking. Okay, tip number two, break it up into manageable chunks and if possible, schedule specific times to chip away at those chunks. Don't feel like you have to do everything all in one go. You got to get the whole house done on a Saturday. Make a list of each room or area, including the outside where you want to decorate, try to figure, you know, about how long it might take to do that, and then schedule a time to do each of those areas. Number three, gather your supplies before you start that room or tree or area. Make sure you have extra lights and replacement bulbs and extension cords and ladders and whatever you can think of to make your time productive without having to stop and run all around the house looking for things or run to the Home Depot because you forgot this or you don't have an extension cord. There's nothing more depressing than getting everything ready to go and then you don't have the cord that you need to plug in that garland or those lights or it's just really kind of sad. So make sure that you have all that you can think that you will need for that area before you start the project. Number four, Be willing to try new things when the old way is not working for you or feels a little stale. Don't get stuck in a rut. 
which really can be easy to do, especially if you've been in the same space for quite a long time. Like us, this is our 11th year, uh, 11th Christmas in this house. And so I'm probably going to switch things up just a little bit in some of the areas just to make things a little new and fresh. Tune in on week three and I'll be talking about decorating in unexpected places in unexpected ways with unexpected things that can maybe help you spice up your decorating routine this year. Number five, lighting, 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 lighting. It is an inexpensive way to instantly create a cozy and warm holiday mood in any space. If all you can do is put a string of lights across the wall in your apartment, then do that. That reminds me of when my kids first had all their college, their first college dorms, they always wanted to put a string of twinkle lights across the dorm room wall because it instantly made it feel homey in this cool, usually kind of sterile space that is a dorm room. But please practice lighting safety, okay? Recognize that if you're still using old incandescent light strings, that that means you're not using LEDs, there is a limit to how many of those you can string together. I am not a pre-lit tree person. I love to put lots of lights on my trees, which is why I switched to LEDs last year because I got tired of having to do all the complicated um, electrical engineering math to figure out how many light strands of old-fashioned incandescent bowls I could safely uh, I could safely string together. So um, with LEDs, you can do like 40 strands all strung together uh, on the same plug. So just be aware. There are limits to what you can do with lighting. You need to make sure that you're following safe guidelines for that. Also, utilize smart plugs and timers for your lighting. I love my smart plugs and timers. I actually, I get them at my grocery store and they all link up to the same app on my phone. I have everything on a timer. Some other great light sources are LED flameless candles. There's some really great ones available on Amazon. Um, Battery powered lanterns or lamps um, and light strips. I'm using light strips for the first time this year. These are also battery powered. They're little LED strips and I put them inside Um, some of my glass front cabinets in the kitchen to help illuminate the lower parts of the cabinet because they do have one light, but it's way up at the top and it, it just doesn't reach all the way to the bottom. So those lights make a huge difference in lighting up that space. And while we're on the subject of battery powered lights, I just want to mention a word about saving your batteries from year to year. It is unlikely that you're going to use up all the juice in your batteries in one season, one Christmas season, especially if you're using timers. So for example, I have a bunch of little battery powered uh, faux candles in my kitchen and um, every year I take, each one takes two AA batteries. So every year I take the batteries out when Christmas is over and I put them in a Ziploc bag that's labeled kitchen candle lights. And I put those in a special place that I always know where they are. And they I don't put them with the, with the um, actual decorations up in the attic because it's not climate controlled and I don't want the batteries to corrode or melt. So I keep them in the air conditioning in the house, but I label them. And then next year, I'll be able to pull that bag out and put those batteries back in those same little candles. And I should get another year out of those batteries. So don't waste your batteries by throwing them away before all the juice is used up. But do label where they go and where you've used them and put them in a climate controlled area. Number six, 
My favorite tool to use for decorating at Christmas time and really at any time are monkey hooks. So if you don't know what that is, just Google monkey hooks. That's the name brand. They have off brands that are maybe a little less expensive. But what it is, is a hook to go into the wall to support lightweight, medium weight, or even heavyweight things. It doesn't require any tools and um, just your hand. You don't have to have a hammer or a drill. And it is an alternative to using either command hooks or putting anchors in the wall. Now, this will not work for solid walls. So if you have a brick wall or a stone wall, this is not going to work for you. But if you have sheetrock walls and maybe even wood paneling walls, this is a great alternative. I don't like command hooks personally because I can never get them to work for me when it's time to take the command hook off of the wall, I always peel off a ton of paint with it. Um, And of course, I don't want to use anchors because this is for temporary hanging like garlands and light strands and stockings and things like that. So I don't want to put a giant hole in my wall just to be able to have something up for the Christmas season. So monkey hooks to the rescue because they leave just a tiny little hole, but they provide a ton of support. And then when you're done, you just take it out and you can easily fill that hole with a little bit of spackling and just touch it up with a little speck of paint. And then finally, number seven, take down some regular decor to make room for your Christmas decor. Oftentimes I will hear people say, I don't like to decorate a lot for Christmas because it just clutters up my space and it just feels like too much. And so what I push back on and I ask is, Yes, but do you leave all your regular decorations, your everyday decor up, or do you take some of it away to make room for the Christmas decorations? I mean, absolutely. If you leave everything you always have in place and then you slap Christmas on top of that, it is going to feel like too much. It's going to feel way too visually cluttered, but it's perfectly acceptable for you to take some of your everyday decor down, store it away in the, the box that you've that you've emptied with Christmas decorations. So say you've got a box here and it's full of uh, garlands and you're going to put those garlands up in your kitchen, take the garlands out, take down extra things from the kitchen, you know, cabinets or whatever that you use to decorate with, pop it in that empty box and put it in the attic and it can live there all during Christmas and not be cluttering up your space and you can enjoy your Christmas decorations. And then when Christmas is over, you bring that box out, you get out your everyday items and put them back up and it's kind of like you have brand new stuff and then you pack away that Christmas garland and it goes back in the attic for next year. So don't be afraid to declutter and make some space and put away your everyday items to give room for those Christmas things to really shine and for you to really enjoy all of your decorations just at different times during the year. Well, that's it. Those are my top seven general decorating tips. Stay tuned for the next three weeks. I will be giving more tips about Christmas decorating on some specific themes. Now let's get back to these holiday stories of home. I'm back with my friend in the trenches homemaker, Jenny White. And we're going to talk about Christmas. And Jenny, I would love to know what is a typical Christmas day like in the White household? Christmas is kind of different every year. It's not always the same. Um, since my grandparents have passed, it's it's drastically changed because that was a whole tradition on its own, but we don't have them any longer. So now it's kind of depends year to year, um, even like who's, who's hosting, where are we going? Um, you know, are we even going anywhere on actual Christmas day or are we seeing different people 
um, you know, different days of that week. Cause we do both have large families and my parents are no longer together. So we have like all these different kind of sections of family to visit. So it kind of, ch- it changes from, from year to year. So, which keeps it, it keeps it fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, depending on where you are, what, what kind of food are you eating? And well, first of all, do you and your husband kind of do your own little private Christmas at home before you, you know, are scattered to the four winds to go visit family and stuff like that? And then sort of what, what are some traditional things that y'all are eating at your gatherings and when do you open presents and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, well, we, we always go to church on Christmas Eve. Um, so we definitely do do that. So we do the Christmas Eve service at our church. Um, the food that I like to have is, um, might be a little different. I like to have Polish food. Um, cause my grandma was Polish and Christmas Eve was her birthday. So we would always go to her house on Christmas Eve to celebrate her birthday. And that's when we would see that whole side of the family. Um, and the meal was the same every single year. So it was always pierogi, um, baked fish, uh, cabbage, and they would have other things like, um, smelts and different things that I don't eat, but <laughs> the I always have. So now every year I have to have pierogi and fish and cabbage. So we always have that. If, if it's not on actual Christmas, it's right at that time of year. Like I have to have that meal. So, um, and then usually are you, are you making, do you cook that or does somebody cook that in, in your family? No, I cook it. Yep. So now usually that's just for me and Luke. So me and Luke will have that, um, together. Can you explain to me what a pierogi is? What is a pierogi? Oh yeah, it's um it's a dumpling. So it's and there's all different kinds that you can have them filled with all different kinds of stuff. So I usually do it filled with um potato and cheese. So I think I'm trying to think Ooh, of like yummy. Yeah, it's I didn't know everyone didn't know what pierogies were. <laughs> Uh -uh. I've heard, I've heard, like I've heard the word before, but I just don't have any idea what that is. Yeah. So it's like, so first you boil, it's a dumpling and first you boil it. And then usually um, once it's kind of basically fully cooked from being boiled, you put it in a frying pan with like bacon fat or something and toast it up. And then you serve it with bacon, little bacon pieces and um, sour cream. Well, that's, that's how, that's how we always had it. So it, they're really, really good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Is it something you, I mean, is it pretty easy to re- follow recipe? Like, could you share the recipe with us and yes. we could maybe figure it out? Yeah. Yeah. If you can make like a simple dough recipe, then yeah, you're, it's, it's very easy. Okay, great. Okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, then I think, I mean, that's really, that's really it for food. Um, and then Christmas morning, Luke and I will open presents together before, um, you know, we kind of go out and visit with anyone we're going to visit. We usually do that by ourselves in the morning. Um, the other thing that I have to do, which is kind of silly is, um, growing up, we always had, um, I think it's on TBS, a Christmas story is on for 24 hours. Um, which is like a a classic Christmas movie. So I have to have a Christmas story playing in the background and I'll, it'll be on for the full 24 hours. Like I don't, it's, and by the end, Luke's like, are we really like, is this still going? I'm like, it has to, once the 24 hours is over, you can change the channel, but it's playing. (laughs) So, oh my gosh, you're, you're a diehard. Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, so besides the pierogies, we'll, we'll move on from food, I promise. But b- besides the pierogies, is there um, any other recipe, like a cookie or, or something that you like, you need to make it or, or you need to eat it <laughs> at some point during the Christmas season? I wouldn't know. I think the pierogi, that's really it. Um, there's not like a particular, yeah, there's not a particular dessert that we have every single year that kind of just depends on like what we're feeling at, you know, that year. Um, although last year I did make a pavlova, which was really, really good. It's like a baked meringue. So that might be a new tradition. (laughs) So I love it because once you, it's, it's really not hard to make. It's just, you have to like understand, um, the process of it and the timing and all of that and get your temperature in your oven. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's for not a lot of effort. It's like a showstopper. Like yes. it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. And I, um, yeah. like poached pears and some sort of cider or something. And then I drizzled caramel. So it looked like look at this thing that I made. Like, (laughs) so (laughs) yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's good. I love a pavlova. Okay. So let's talk about holiday traditions. Um, do you have any special holiday traditions that you and your husband share? Um, or maybe some, if, if not, you know, something that you did growing up or anything like that? Um, I think now, well, we're trying to kind of make our own traditions now. A lot of the traditions I had growing up really revolved around my grandparents' house um, were like my strongest traditions that I remember. Um, But I did make like an Advent um, wreath last year. So we're trying to, we're starting to implement that every year. Um, Also reading, um, I believe it's Luke um, out of the Bible, um, like on Christmas Eve. Um, So we're trying to kind of come up with our own traditions that we want to continue on. So we're still kind of figuring that out. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're going to do a little bit of rapid fire questions, Christmas style. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. Favorite Christmas song or Carol. Happy holidays by Andy Williams. Oh yeah. That just makes you smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I think I know the answer to the next question. Your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, yes. So definitely a Christmas story. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Can't definitely. get enough. <laughs> All right. Are you gingerbread or team sugar cookie? For Christmas, I would say gingerbread because that's just a holiday flavor. You can have mm-hmm. sugar cookies any time of the year. That's true. That is true. Good point. Um, how about fake tree or real tree? Definitely real tree. Need to have a real tree. I do have some fake trees now because I like to have multiple trees, but I do need to have at least the, the one real tree just for the smell and the, you know, the tradition of going out. We like to go to a place where we can chop down our own tree. So, you know, that's always fun to go out and do that. Oh, yeah, because you live in... Yeah, because you live in New England, so I'm sure there's lots of opportunity to mm-hmm. do that there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. How about bows or no bows on your gift wrap? Um, on the gift wrap, I like a bow. Yes. Yep, a bow. <laughs> All right. How about Christmas music before or after Thanksgiving? I think after Thanksgiving. I know some people even like have their house decorated for Christmas on Thanksgiving, but I... 
like that to be the last day of all the fall stuff. And then the day after Thanksgiving is usually I have my Christmas music playing. I'm taking out the fall and I'm putting in all my, my Christmas stuff. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, one more question. Holidays are hectic. We know this and um, we can easily get sidetracked and wrapped up in all kinds of plans and things. And so what are some things that you do um, to help you keep your focus on the main thing? I know we talk about, and we talked about in your, your homemaker portrait interview that you are a fairly new Christian um, within five years, I think you said. Yes. Um, and so what are, you know, you talked about the Advent wreath and you talked about do, reading um, the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. And just what are on the daily, you know, maybe some things you do to help keep your priorities straight and then to help keep your spiritual priorities straight. So you could talk maybe practical suggestions for lists and tips and things. And then maybe what do you do to keep your focus on Christ? Well, I know there's usually um, like Advent specific Bible studies that will come out and a lot of them are geared specifically towards women. Um, So I have enjoyed doing those in the past. And then that's like a daily activity that I can do throughout Advent season. Um, So I think that's definitely, um, you know, a good way to keep that in the forefront. Um, also, you know, even though we are busy, um, we're still going to church. We're not not going to church because we have to go here or there because um, that kind of that's a little silly. <laughs> it's like the whole reason we're celebrating is because of this. So we can't skip that main thing to go over here. So, um, you know, I think those are a couple things that work well for me, especially the Advent study. I really enjoy doing that every year. When you do your wreath with um your husband, uh, or I assumed you were doing that together. I think that's what you said. Are you do how? What do you guys do? Do you light a candle and do a reading, or sing a song, or how do you do your little Advent wreath? Yeah, we we light the candle, and then I found like online a resource for like what you know what um, scripture or what to read to go along with that specific um, candle, which we kind of do. We do that at church as well, so um, <clears throat> it kind of goes it kind of goes along with that. Great, awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing your Christmas ideas and tips and memories. We uh, we all have different um, backgrounds with Christmas and our unique family uh, cultures and things. And I, I learned something today about pierogies that I did not know. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for sharing and have a Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you. A Light in the Darkness an Advent story of hope. Decorating our Christmas tree sends me back in time. We open box after box of Hallmark keepsake ornaments, faithfully given by my mother each year. A pair of ice skating bunnies reminds us of our first Christmas together. Baby's first Christmas times four, along with Veggie Tales, Iron Man, Barbie, and Harry Potter, bring to mind the arrival of each child and the interests they had as they grew up in our home. I pull out one of my son's ornaments featuring poor Ralphie in his pink bunny suit, and I'm instantly transported to 1983. I am 10 years old, sitting in our local movie theater with my friend from school. We laugh as we watch Ralphie's antics, and we munch on sugar baby's candy, our feet sticking to the floor covered in decades of spilled soda. Suddenly, I am whisked away to the many Christmas Eves of my married life, 31 of them to be exact. 
For most of those December 24ths, watching a Christmas story has been a tradition for our little family. We nosh on a meal of appetizers and sweet treats, drink sparkling cider from champagne flutes, and scheme and fret along with Ralphie in his quest for the Red Ryder BB gun with a compass and a stock and this thing which tells time. Back to the present and the Christmas tree, I pull out popsicle stick picture ornaments made by my children in preschool and I laugh at their chubby little faces looking back at me. Ornaments from our family travels bring a flood of fond memories of places we have been and friends we have made along the way. I carefully unwrap a very precious set of glass-blown baby shoes. They are light blue with white socks peeking out of the tops and are held together by a gossamer ribbon. These shoes were a gift for my third child, who was just an infant when we celebrated Christmas that year. His was a difficult birth, surrounded by some trauma for both of us. I struggled with severe postpartum depression. I silently endured the darkness for nearly a week until I could no longer bear it alone. I confided in my husband and he guided me to get help from the Lord and from my doctor. Through scripture-saturated counseling and, for a time, medication, I slowly began to emerge from that disorienting and frightening valley. Every time I unwrap those baby shoes, I am reminded of how the light of the world illumined a path of hope for me through those dark days. He taught me to focus on the truth of who He is, who I am in Him, and what He has to say about my circumstances. That Christmas marked the beginning of a long journey of coming out of the darkness by clinging to the hope found in Jesus alone. I am not a medical or counseling professional, but from my own experience, I can tell you that if you are struggling with any kind of depression, there is hope in Jesus. Talk to your spouse or a trusted friend and seek professional help. I will link a few resources in the show notes that have been helpful for me in my journey. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, 12. I am back here with my friend Kristen Howard. And Kristen, we're going to talk about Christmas. So I would love to hear what a typical Christmas day is like at your house. Okay. Well, um, I, obviously with kids, it starts early. And we um, we usually, uh, I go ahead and start my tea and then we go straight into the gifts so I can go, I can go jump in and get my, get, get my caffeine and we start throwing paper everywhere. Um, this year, Charlotte will be older. She's two this year. So I think she will get into it a bit more. And Eva is seven and she's been into it for sure. And so, um, after the, the, the chaos of opening up gifts, we, um, I usually have prepared a breakfast casserole or some type of cinnamon casserole or 
you know, cinnamon rolls or something the night before. So I can easily put that in. Um, and then we do something a little bit different. We leave at noon to go to either my husband's side or my side, depending on whose mm-hmm. year it is. And before we leave, we have a Christmas breakfast and it's a birthday party. And so we set up all the, I set up some streamers and we set up birthday hats and candles and it's a birthday party for Jesus. And so we, and we retell the Christmas story. Um, You know, my husband, bless him. He, um, he, he's not the storyteller. So I end up. (laughs) I end up telling the story. <laughs> he is, he tries, but then the girls always say, "Mommy, can you?" T- can you tell <laughs> oh man, so, he, he's the engineer. He's the engineer, and so um, he always comes to my aid when I leave out important details. That's good. That's <laughs> Even a good in the Christmas teamwork. story. <laughs> good teamwork. So we work as a team, but. Um, we so we I tell the Christmas story one more time, um, which we have talked about all through December, which I'll elaborate on the last question that we talk about. But um, we just tell it one more time and we have we and then we just eat our breakfast and then everybody plays with their toys and then we get dressed and we either hit the road to my husband's or my folks. And so that's that's a highlight, too. They get to go see their grandparents and open up gifts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. That's really good. So yes. is, is there something, um, since we're kind of on the subject of food and things like that, is there something that you always like to either eat or prepare at some point during the holiday season, not necessarily on Christmas day, but like, there's like a cookie recipe you always do or something like that. Um, yes, there's, there's two. One, um, is chocolate gravy. My Ma, if we go to my mom's side, we don't have that on my, my husband's side. They usually make a big breakfast, but uh, mac and cheese is a big thing on her side. Like they, when I say she can throw down with some mac and cheese, she can throw down. Um, it's fantastic. It, it's uh-huh. her, hers starts with a roux. Let me just tell you like that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, but my on my mom's side, it's good. Uh, on my mom's side, we have chocolate gravy. Um usually the the next morning it's not christmas morning but everybody gathers and um that's i that's a southern thing a lot of people don't know what that is <laughs> you know what this is so funny because i i just let's see i think it was jessica um it was a couple of a weeks ago and she was uh, on the podcast i don't know if you happened to hear it but she talked about chocolate gravy and i was like what are you i've never heard of this i did <laughs> I grew up in the I, South and I have never heard of chocolate gravy. So I heard her say that. <laughs> okay. So is, the, yes. is it similar? Do you serve it over biscuits or what does your chocolate gravy look like that your family eats? She's a hundred percent right. You serve it over <laughs> biscuits. Uh, it The only, the only thing different is um, in our home, it is a tradition that you, uh, you break those biscuits up into crumbs, small crumbs all over your plate. And then you pour the chocolate gravy so you could eat it with a spoon. Oh, <laughs> that is awesome. It's so good. Wow. Okay. So, oh, yes. So now you have you have to try it now. I must try it now. You are the second person to tell me this. 
Um, yes. I don't yes. think I'll get too ma- too many protests from my family either if I say we're going to have chocolate gravy <laughs> on biscuits. It is so good. Um, okay, but I make gingerbread cookies that I send to Eva's school, um, but they're a soft recipe. Oh, I um, love soft gingerbread. They they are so good with a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I roll them in sugar before mm-hmm. I bake them. So then they just kind of crystallize on top and they are so good. <laughs> so you're making not a, you're not doing like a rolled cutout. You're doing like a drop and that you, like a round that you roll in sugar. That's exactly right. Um, okay. I, I do, we decorate, um, cookies i do the sugar cookies to decorate but that is nothing fancy i mm-hmm. we literally buy the dough bake the cookies and then i let the kids go to town mm-hmm. yeah well i really like the idea of this gingerbread recipe is that one you can share with us sure it um right right off the top of my head no no <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to you and and we can okay. send it yeah. email and then that way I can uh I can put it in the newsletter that that comes out after this airs so everybody can try sure. that. So, okay, it I one more. So good. I have yeah, go one ahead. more technical question about it. You roll them in sugar, then do you just put the little rounds on the baking sheet or do you press them down at all? I actually if I forget to put this on the recipe, remind me. I actually put um um is it parchment paper down, not mm-hmm. wax? Yeah, uh, one of them. Will, one of them will burn. In the oven. Yeah, I put it in the oven, and then I put the little balls on the paper, right. and then they will just—they'll kind they'll, of spread out. Okay, but but they won't flatten out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you don't use parchment paper, they'll just flatten out completely. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, good. That's a good tip. Good to know. Yeah. we'll make yeah. sure we put that on the recipe, also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yummy. Now I'm hungry. All right. Let's talk about traditions. <laughs> Do you okay. and your your family um, have any special holiday traditions that you like to do from year to year? Um, yes. Are we are we are we talking um, from childhood or current? either or e- either or something you remember as a child, and then maybe something that you you know you're implementing with your own kids? It's, it's really up to you. Um, from a child growing up in in South Dakota. Um, there was always snow. So um, that was a big deal for us. Um, Mom always made the house like a Christmas cottage. I mean, it was Christmas was everywhere. Twinkle lights were everywhere. Um, There was always snow. There was always a fire burning. It it was your Thomas Kincaid postcard. Um, Mm -hmm. We, my dad um, had, you know, we had horses. And so he had a, a bobsled and a team that he would, that he would drive. And, um, we would go bobsledding all over the hills. And so my birthday was, um, December, well is, it still is December 14th. And, but when I was growing up, we'd always, everyone would come to my house and all my friends, he would take us on a big bobsled ride. Oh, that's so fun. It was was just picturesque looking back, you know, and so, and then of course, red noses and hot chocolate when we were all done, but it Mm -hmm. was, I mean, I can still hear him hollering at the horses, telling Ed, saying, walk up, Ed, you know. Oh, that's a great memory. (laughs) That's awesome. So, yes, it was wonderful. And of course, you know, there was always the Christmas story that morning and, 
Um, but then, so now we, we, my husband doesn't drive a bobsled team or anything like that, but <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no snow here, but, um, we have, um, you know, we, we keep some of the same traditions, like the CD that we played when I was a kid, we'll play that same BB and CC Winans first Christmas album oh, when we're cool. setting up our tree. <laughs> so, so yeah, just all kinds of little memories that come back through the holidays. My mom collected Santa Clauses, and so I now collect Santa Clauses, and I have her first one that she ever bought in 1993. Um, mm-hmm. She, I, mean, I was born in '83, so it was 10 years after I was born. But she said it was. For her, it felt like a million dollars because they just didn't have a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. But she still bought it. And so now it's one of my precious ones that I set out each year. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. That's really special. I collect Santa Clauses too. Um, <laughs> I started doing that not, I mean, as an adult, like I started collecting them probably about, I don't know, maybe when I moved here, like less than 10 years ago. I look for folk art Santas when I'm out antiquing and thrifting. So yeah, I'm looking for ones that it looks like somebody made it. Like a lot of times they're made with old quilts or, um, you know, somebody carved it out of wood or something like that. And I have to really Uh, hunt for them. It really is a treasure hunt to find these Santas, but I love them so much because they're so unique. And I just... I really value that someone used their hands and put work and effort into making them, putting that together. So, absolutely, that is so neat. Oh my goodness, you have to share that—a picture of of your collection. I would yes. love to see it. Yes, I will. I certainly will. <laughs> we would well, love that. Okay, so I would love to do a little quick rapid fire uh, Q and A Christmas edition with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, your favorite Christmas song or carol? I have two. Okay. Um, <laughs> have yourself a merry little Christmas. Uh-huh. And uh, oh come all you faithful. Mm, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, your favorite Christmas yeah. movie? Oh, that um it's a wonderful life. Definitely mm-hmm. number 1. White Christmas number 2. And then with the kids, we always have to watch Home Alone 1 and 2. (laughs) (laughs) I love your list. Your lists are just getting longer and longer. (laughs) I know. I love Christmas. (laughs) Okay. Gingerbread or sugar cookie? If you had to choose, which one? Gingerbread. Okay. Preferably soft coated in sugar. Soft gingerbread, yes. (laughs) With a cup of tea. (laughs) Okay. Fake tree or real tree? Oh my goodness. So in my new book release that, that is actually on Amazon now, um, Mm -hmm. there's a story in there uh, in the back in every book, there are four Christmas stories. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. In the, and they're at the end, the first book they're at the beginning because I didn't learn how to organize well. Um, (laughs) the rest are at the end. (laughs) Okay. Um, and there is a story in there called Skipping Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it is hysterical. It is the year I decided that we were going to go fake Christmas tree. I had had enough of the real and we were going to do a fake. And 
it's it's funny because we go and buy the tree, we set it up, and I my oh, I'm holding Charlotte in my arms, and Eva is looking at me as Chuck is loading this box into the back of the car, and she says, "That's the tree." <laughs> I said, yes, Eva. <laughs> It's going to be great. We're going to put it together piece by piece. And she just looked at me like, that's not how you do Christmas. And and so anyway, we put it together in the house and she looked at it and she said, that's plastic. And I, I told her, I said, no, 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 this is going to be great. This is, you're really going to like, this is going to, this is going to be great. And so, um, she, she obviously didn't like it. Chuck comes home and looks at it and he just, he absolutely keeps walking by it time and time again, trying to make himself like it. But anyway, <laughs> it ends up going back to the store and I can't find the receipt. Oh no. <laughs> so I won't tell you what happened, but there was someone laying over a counter in a store begging. <laughs> so, oh my I'll, gosh. Okay. I'll, I'll leave the rest hanging. So naturally, we do a real Christmas tree in okay. our house. <laughs> okay. All right. That one experience was all it took to cement the real tree tradition in your household. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, um, how about when it comes to gift wrapping? Are you a bow person or you don't bother with the bows? Oh, bows are everywhere. They're everywhere. Okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, really, people are totally divided on this. Some people are like, I don't have time for that. And I get it. Like, That's so important. It's the most important part. Yes. Some people put them in bags and just and just take them, which that's everybody's thing. I, mm -hmm. you know, it does it does get exhausting, you know, and there there are a few that that make it one of I'll I'll, um you know, do the quick um, just the tie bows. Yeah, but um, I you can sort of tell. You could sort of um, like line up the packages, and you can tell the progression of here's the ones that mom did when she was at early in the season and had lots of energy, and then here's the ones that like barely made it under the tree. <laughs> it is so true. Every year, every single year, when I'm putting up Christmas, I call my sister and I tell her, "I will not." do this next year i'm telling <laughs> you now i'm no same every year. year every year okay okay one more one more question uh, about the 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 christmas stuff christmas music before or after thanksgiving I, I typically started after Thanksgiving, um, except, you know, Eva's been singing Jingle Bells since July, but <laughs> typically I started after. Okay. That's <laughs> but, great. All right. Yes. Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on keeping the main thing, the main thing during the holiday season, because it can get crazy, especially when you add kids to the mix and the kid things and all the church things and all the things. So um, what are some yeah. things that you guys do to sort of keep it between the rails during the holiday season? Um, a couple, a couple things. Oh, one, I agree with you. It, it just, it just is, it's a race to the finish. It's hectic. There's a lot going on in December and, you're never going to completely get past that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, I, I'm a planner and I'm a scheduler. So I, I do the best I can to um, always schedule the things that are really important and the things that we can't do, we just can't do it. So like, if I know my, my kids need, you need um, 
gifts for their school and I need to make treats. And I have that all in my schedule and I know when I'm going to do it. Yeah. What week I'm going to do it so that it's not all waiting to the last minute. I, I do not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, so planning and organizing your December is very helpful. Um, mm-hmm. and then I start, I used to start after Thanksgiving with everything and I don't do that anymore. Um, I decorate mid November because I have kids and it takes me so long to decorate that I lose days. And yes. so it just, I, yes. I can't, I can't keep up. But last year was the first time I started mid November and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I was done with a lot of the major things. I, I got Christmas cards out of the way. I got lights out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's always going to be, you know, a hitch and something's going to go wrong. So you just roll with it. If it does, Mm -hmm. you know, it won't be perfect, but having a schedule will help. Um, and then lastly, um, the, my most favorite thing is we open the nativity. So I put everything in one big Christmas box and then each morning for 12 mornings, it doesn't matter when you start to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. if you start early, then your completed nativity just sits out on the table, which is what we do. Um, I take one piece out and I put it in a little tiny box and then I have it sitting on the table each morning at breakfast and the girls open it up and whatever piece it is, I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. So I start elaborating on that one piece Mm -hmm. and I leave them hanging each day and they've heard the story a hundred times, but it never fails. They, they can't wait. So a, a couple highlights from the story that, I like to that that are my favorite are actually the donkey. Uh-huh. I, I really love the donkey and I love the barn because the barn or the stable is connected to the innkeeper. And I sometimes I just see him, you know, and I guess for my poetic license sake, I see him looking at Mary and thinking, you know, I, I have a daughter myself, you know, mm-hmm. but I have no room in my and I have nowhere to, to put you, but I have a stable out back. Mm-hmm. And so I just elaborate on the fact that he never knew he would go down in history as the the man who gave the stable to where the king of kings would be born. Mm-hmm. And so we just we just highlight that. And I talk about the innkeeper and I talk about Mary and Joseph, you know, and I leave them hanging at the barn. And then I talk about the donkey, which she rode on. And we'll keep it just with the donkey that she rode, um, rode to Bethlehem on. And then um, I'll talk about the animals in the stable. And when I was a kid, we sang, we did a play and it was about um, that one of the scenes switched to the animals in the stable. Uh-huh. And the, the song was all about, we get to spend just a little time with him. Uh You know, so even, even the animals knew the King of Kings was born. And so I'll just, I just make it come to life for the kids. And then, you know, their eyes are just wide watching. And so I feel like that always brings it home every day, what Mm -hmm. Christmas is all about, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Kristen, that is such a wonderful tradition that you've created. So I'm wondering, are you going to, are you going to write this down and publish it? 
This is in, um, I believe it's in one of the, it's in one of the Christmas stories. Okay. So I, you talk I, about this uh, process of doing these stories in, in one of the Christmas stories in your book. I, I think so. So, um, I think it's in, it's either, I think it's in book two. Okay. Um, I'm not sure there, um, if, if I don't tell me and I will write a story specific to this. Well, I was but just wondering, like, it's I could one see of this, those. yeah, I could see this as an, as an, like an advent guide almost where you would, you know, write up a little, because not everybody is as gifted as you at, at storytelling. We don't all have that gift. So I was thinking, you know, if you could write a story for each of the items for the, the mom to, you know, open the book and read it with the child as they oh. take the item out. You know what I'm saying? What, if, what an idea writing that down. Yeah. And then you, you know, you could even like figure out what or suggest ornaments or, or I mean, um, nativity pieces or like put it together with a nativity set or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> that would, that would have been great. I would have loved that as a mom. And I'm even thinking as a That's grandma, I would love to have something like that. That's a great idea. I'm, I will put that down and work on that because okay. I, I know I tell, I tell the story, um, in part, you know, in one of the books, but I don't, I don't, I certainly, I don't, I know I don't elaborate as to a guideline to help people. Cause not, none of my stories are, a um, a guideline, yeah. but, um, that's a great idea and people may actually, um, like to own something like that. I think they, I would like to own something like that. So yeah. <laughs> just, just put a little nugget of idea there. You can, you can think about that and mull that over. But in the meantime, we will make sure that we figure out which book it's in. I'll link to all your books in the show notes, but I'll specifically point out, Hey, the, 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 uh, nativity story thing is in this book and we'll make sure we, we tell people direct them in the right direction. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause I know I talk about that. I know I talk about, I think it's called the road to Bethlehem is okay. what I think it's called. Okay. Um, and then cool. there, the, in another, in book three is the innkeeper. I talk directly about the innkeeper in book three. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, these are wonderful ideas. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to You're seeing that, that gingerbread cookie recipe. And I'll be on the lookout for your book that entails how to do all of these things with your kids. So great. Hey, that's a great idea. I may do that. I have actually thought about um, taking all of my Christmas stories and putting them in just a Christmas book. Yeah. There you go. You could combine so it all together. I could, exactly. I could put that in there with it. So Awesome. <laughs> All right, Kristen. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today for this first episode in our holiday homemaking series 2023. It's been a long one full of all kinds of fun information and facts and recipes and ideas. And I hope you don't feel overwhelmed, but I hope you feel inspired and encouraged to go about the business of making a home for the holidays for the people that you love. Don't forget to sign up for Homemaker Happy Mail because that is how you're going to get your hands on some of the recipes that you heard today on this episode. Also, we've got some great writing coming um, over the next four weeks in the newsletter. This week, you will have a couple of pieces brought to you by homemakers that you've heard from uh, on the Art of Home here on the theme of 
hope, which is the first theme of Advent that begins. We start reflecting on hope this Sunday. So you're going to want to have that. You can get um, your copy of our Advent guide over on our website. You can go to theartofhomepodcast.com slash Christmas to get your copy of that. And if you are so moved, you can say thank you for this episode in a couple of different ways. First of all, you can share it with someone you know who would value this kind of content and who could use this kind of homemaking encouragement. Second, you can leave a rating and a review on your podcast listening app. And third, you can leave us a tip in our virtual tip jar, Buy Me a Coffee. Tips are given in $5 increments and you can get us one coffee or two coffees or four or as many as you would like. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash the art of home. Well, that's it. I will be back next week with a whole nother set of holiday homemaking stories from six more homemakers that you've heard from this year, as well as some tips and ideas and some poems. It's going to be another good one. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep practicing your art of making a home for the holidays. 